Hey, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of the Build Your Team show. I am your host, Atiba, and today I have my friend Jen Herman with me now. She is internationally known, so we're about to get some international advice up in here, y'all. You always wanted to grow your company to that place where you're internet. She got you. So <laughs> we're going to be diving in and, as always, talking about building your team. And as always, Build Your Team is brought to you by Client Attraction Pros. Hey, it's time that you become the thought leader of your industry, and we're going to help you do that and make it fast, easy, and fun. Jen, welcome. Hi, thank you. I'm excited. Awesome, awesome. It's so great to have you. Now, we met a couple months ago, right, on a summit that we did, Social Profit Lab. By the way, y'all heard me talk about Social Profit Lab before. If you haven't, it's not too late. You can still go get it, I believe. Right, we can drop a link for that. You had a great session at Social Profit Lab. But today, I want to talk to you a little bit about how you get all this stuff done and the team that you've built to help. And, and I want to go all the way back, right? All the way back to when you started. And you were looking at hiring your first person, bringing in that first person on the team. And, you know, maybe you were in a place where there was too much work or whatever it was. I'd love to hear from you what it was that caused you to realize I need some help. So tell us about that time. What were you going through mentally, physically, heck, even financially? <laughs> and, and how did that process work for you? Yeah, so it was hiring my VA was the first official, you know, person I kind of brought on. And it was this kind of this moment of like, okay, I've been doing this on my own. I've been running this business. I've been doing everything. I've been doing the accounting. I've been doing the marketing. I've been doing the me. I've been doing all the administrative, all the emails, everything, right? It was just me. And you get to a point where it's no longer manageable. You can't manage and continue to grow a business if you are the only person doing it. You can't be there for your family. You can't be there for your friends, for yourself. And you can't be there for your business if you're pulled in that many directions. You know, the email's yeah. dinging constantly and you're, you know, it's dinner time and you're like, I gotta go answer this email or, oh shoot, I've got to get that out. It's just impossible to maintain that going forward. So I was at that stage and was like, I need help. I need a VA. I need somebody who can help me do the administrative stuff, who can help take some of this off my shoulders. But of course, you know, to the financial component, yeah, there's a huge, you know, burden where you're like, I'm making enough money, but I want to grow. But now I'm going to go give all this money away to somebody else. Can I afford to hire somebody? And at first, let's face it, you're not going to get your money back the month right. you hire somebody. It's going to take a few months. They got to get onboarded. You got to start removing tasks. You got to get more room for your area of genius to grow. And so you do have to factor that in and look at where you can, you know, justify that financial component. And if you're a small business, that is something you really do have to think about. So yeah. I found this woman. She's amazing. I still have her to today. She's hands down. I was a total fluke because I'm known for Instagram. I was like, I'm convinced I will find my VA on Instagram. I didn't Google. I didn't ask for referrals. I went and searched hashtags on Instagram wow. and looked for people who seemed to control their business in a way that aligned with how I run my business. And I interviewed three people and I ended up hiring my VA and she's 
oh my gosh, she's a godsend. <laughs> it's like that's awesome. Move those tasks to be able to say, here, I need you to do these things. And now I run a membership and I have multiple people that help me manage the membership. So I can do the creative zone of genius and be me. And they handle the back end. They handle the registrations. They handle the announcements and the notifications. And so you move up to that, right? It's that first hire, but then they kind of become the like the statutory, like they're the top of the pillar. And then you hire more people below them and, and they all work together to whatever component, depending on how many people you get. Yeah, no, that's well. number one, kudos on being to find that first person and that the first person you hire is still with you. That's awesome. And I know that's a huge weight off of your shoulders, but I want to go back to something that you said in there, because it's a familiar refrain that I've heard from a lot of business owners that the thing that actually caused them in truth to, to realize that they had to hire was failure in relationship. So either relationship with your clients started to suffer, relationships at home started to suffer, relationship with yourself, and sometimes even spiritually starts yeah. to suffer, right? So is that what I heard from you there as well? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, you know, and I'm a workaholic. I am a career woman front to back. Okay. I am like, I never wanted to be a mom. I assumed mm -hmm. I would be, but I wanted the career. I wanted those things. And it's very easy for me to put in a 14 hour work day. I might break off and do some laundry or I might go pick up my kid from school, but I'm happy to come back home and sit on that computer and work all night. That doesn't bother me. Most of the time I actually enjoy it, but it does impact those relationships. I'm yeah. not spending time with my daughter. I'm not, you know, I'm feeding her dinner and walking away to go upstairs and work on the computer while she eats dinner by herself. I'm rushing to get her into the bath because, oh shoot, I worked until eight o'clock at night and now you got to go to bed. And I, now I'm cranky right. and irritable. And, you know, those are real things. And as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend, those are legit issues that most people don't necessarily see that they're doing. When you're running mm -hmm. a business, your response is, I need to do this. If you need me to make money, I need to do this. And we get very defensive about how much time we put into our businesses. And there is no reason why you have to put in 24 hours a day into your business. If that's the case, you need help. You cannot manage that. And it's not fair to the people around you or yourself if you're putting in every waking hour into your business. Now, I want to augment, so I'm not going to correct you. I'm going <laughs> to augment what you just said, because I know our listeners, and they said, well, Jen said, I can't put in 24 hours. I'm only doing 23 and a half, so I'm good. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Slept and, half an hour, <laughs> Right. So I want to back up there and say, no, 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 no. That's not what Jen is saying, okay? Yeah. She, yeah, I know she said 24 hours, but really, if you're past nine hours in a day every yeah. single day, you're not being much. good yeah. to other people, to yourself. Yeah. Right? That's um, it. You know, a work day, maybe one day you stretch to 10 or maybe you have a launch week. And so, yes, you're going to put in extra hours during that week. But you're also going to take vacation three weeks later and not work for an entire week. Like there has right. to be a balance when you're putting in an excess that you're getting a reprieve later on to be with your family, your friends, yourself, your spiritual time, whatever it is you need. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to share this quick story that a mentor of mine used to tell me many, many, many years ago. And I didn't listen to him. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. I wish I did. And he always used to tell me, don't be like me. 
He said, you know, when my daughter was young, I used to work and I would work and provide and I worked my business and, and worked and I was gone and I did everything. Then she graduated from high school and she was going to Harvard. And he said, I looked at it and I said, how? How in the world are you going to Harvard? I've never seen you do any homework. Aww. And he realized in that moment of saying that, that he missed this brilliant child's entire upbringing. Oh, goosebumps. And that's, I mean, I'm a single mom, you know, it's, that's my biggest fear is I'm like, I'm trying to balance all those balls. I'm trying to keep everything. I'm trying to keep a roof over her head. I'm trying to keep her, you know, in her summer camps and all the things with her friends and give her the life that she deserves and that she wants and that she doesn't know any different of. Right. And in order to do that, I have to work. I have to make the money. There's there's no other support. I don't have additional income coming in from a spouse or an ex or anything. It's a hundred percent on me. And it is that's one of my, you know, parental worries is I'm like, am I missing her childhood? Is she going to look back and be like all those years in elementary school that you just worked until 10 o'clock at night, you know, is she going to have is she going to resent me for it? You know, there's, and am I going to look back and be like, I missed it all. I should have done it differently. But, you know, I always say we do the best we can at the time with the resources we have available yes. to us. Yes. Absolutely. And we can always look back in hindsight and be like, I should have, could have, would have, but all we can do is be better going forward. And that's so very true. And so it is about drawing that line and saying today to be better tomorrow, yeah. right? We can't live in the past because we can't change it. Right. But I want to take this conversation now into two different directions about things that we've already said about how we move forward next. And we want to ask you a question yeah. because I know you're a workaholic. I get it. I relate. We drink from the same cup of Joe. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're both workaholic Joes. Okay. Get it. Now, are you also a perfectionist? Oh, God. Yes. Mm -hmm. now, <laughs> I ask that because I think most of us are going to say that. Yeah. Right. And even if we don't say that we're a perfectionist in everything in our lives, we're definitely a perfectionist about our business oh, and yeah. what our business is doing. Right. How did that affect you bringing in that first person and even people till today? Yeah. So that's actually a really big challenge for me, you know, where it's like, again, I have an expectation of how I would do that task, right? I want it to look like this. I would do this process here. Like I've written out, here's the process, or I've done, you know, a recording and been like, here, this is what I need you to do, da, da, da. And they do it a different way. And I've had to learn mm -hmm. to let that go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Where just because it's my right or perfect way doesn't mean it's the right or perfect way. And as long as we get to the same end goal, they may even be more efficient. It may work better for them to use a different software or use a different tracking or, you know, they yeah. work at two o'clock in the morning and I'm working at two o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it is. That was a big challenge for me to be able to kind of release those reins and say, I've told you what I want. This is the outcome. Here's how I usually get here. So you understand the process. I'm now moving that process into your capable hands. I've hired you. I trust you. I'm not here to micromanage you. And as long as you get the process that works for you, that gets you to the end point that we have agreed is the ideal end point, then I have to I'm trust good. you. Yeah. Yeah. It also is coming to an agreeable end point because again, I may say, you know, this is the email template that I use and I want everything in this email template. And they may be like, hey, I've seen some other emails that do this and I think it would have a higher conversion rate. 
I have to be open to hearing that and realizing that maybe my option wasn't the best option Yeah, and be open to say, okay, let's try that. Or let's keep doing this for the next two months while we have this campaign going on, but then let's look at trying that going forward. You, you know, we can't lock ourselves in perfectionism that there is no other option. Yeah. No room for growth, right? Yeah. Or change. So that that's a really interesting point there that, that you make about making sure that the end goal is agreed upon, right? Yeah. Because that's something that falls wholeheartedly on us. Yeah. And we have to communicate. You, as the business owner, you've got to communicate. Yes. And we oftentimes approach things, number one, with so much historical data. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. number one. Then we couple that historical data with just the fact of the intelligence that we have about what it is that we're doing that leads us into massive assumption, mm -hmm. which then colors the way we communicate the end goal. Yeah. Have you run into that? Yeah. I mean, I think that's something I've come across all years of my life, not even just in my business and every career and, yep. and job yep. and whether I've been on the receiving end or the giving end of that information. And I think it is especially you know, if you've been doing something, like you said, for so long, you have this historical process, like you may have even been the one that created the process. Mm -hmm. Even if you weren't, you're like, this is how we've always done it. And you know, all the reasons why maybe you used a software 10 years ago that required you to use a certain format. And so you just kind of maintain that format, even though you've moved to newer software that doesn't require it, but it just worked and it just kept everything moving smoothly. But if you aren't communicating that information, the person who's coming in fresh off the street, brand new hire or brand new promotion into a role, if they don't understand the context, then they're going to, I don't want to say they're going to fight you on it, but they're going to challenge you. They're going to be like, well, right. I think we should do this. Right. And they may very well be right. But if they don't know what your reasoning is, they're more likely to just take initiative and do it themselves. And then that puts a challenge, a roadblock between the two of you, where now you feel like they're going against you. And so if you have to have that open communication to the point where you almost feel like you've probably said the same thing 4,836 times in your career, because yep. yep. every time you hire, you're going to go through it again. And every time somebody starts, you have to think about like when you hire a VA, when you hire an accountant, when you hire, you know, a project manager, when you hire, you know, a new film producer, whatever it is, this person is going to get inundated with so much information when they get started that you can easily be like, well, I told you that. And they're like, they don't remember. yeah. And in yeah. 400 other things within the first three days that I started. And that wasn't the one thing that stuck in their brain. Even if they wrote it down in that notebook on their first day, it wasn't the thing that stuck. And so you have to be patient in reiterating that information that you want them to know so that they, until they finally say, look, I got it. I hear you. I'm on the same page when they acknowledge that they've received that information, then yes, you can clearly move on, but you can't say it once and assume that they've been told. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a really great point. Okay. So we've been talking about even the positive side of perfectionism and growth, but let's face it. Sometimes we hire people, we give them that trust yeah, and they let us down. Yeah. 
that in my experience has been business owners biggest reason not to hire yeah fear of failure of the staff yeah okay how do you deal so there's a couple things first of all i try to be a good leader, I try to look at the whole situation and say, okay, is there something I could have done differently? Did I not set them up enough for success? Should I have given them more training? Should I have been more clear in my communication? Should we have gone over that process? If you've done all of those things, because let's face it, there are some people who are just not the right fit. Doesn't mean they're not smart. Doesn't mean they're not capable. Doesn't mean they're not nice. They're just not the right fit. And it could be that they thought that was the direction they wanted to go. And then now that they're in that position, they really don't want to be there, but they don't want to admit it. And so they're just kind of struggling their way through or just not passionate about it because they just don't really want to be doing it. Right. And so it really does come down to having an open and honest communication. I don't believe in coming up to somebody and saying, you haven't done your job, you're out. That's not fair to anybody. Every opportunity should be an opportunity to learn for them and for you. And so it really is sitting them down and having that conversation and saying, I feel like we're not working towards the same end goal. I feel like, you know, I've asked you to do these things and we're, you know, we're either not completing the projects, we're not getting them on timeline. I don't feel like you're putting any, you know, significant effort in compared to the rest of the team. Is there something going on that I can help you with? Maybe they've got something going on in their personal life. Maybe a family member died. Maybe they're going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something that is completely outside the scope of work that you are so unaware of that if they communicate that and you go, oh, so you're only getting three hours of sleep a night. No wonder you're not putting in a full commitment to work. Let's look at maybe cutting your hours to three days a week and or maybe doing four hours a day. Can we find a solution and try that for the next two, three months. Let's see if that improves everyone's circumstances. They may just come back and be like, you know what? I just don't want to do this anymore. Okay, great. I wish you the best. <laughs> exactly. Look to see if there's an option to find a compromise. If they're not open to it, if you find a compromise and they don't meet the expectations after that compromise, then that's when you know you got to come in clear as the owner, the leader, the manager, whatever your role is, and say, we've tried, this is just not working. And I want to help you move forward is, you know, can I refer you to somebody? Is there somebody that, you know, is there an industry you want to go into that I can help you with? You're, I just don't think this is the right fit for you. Yeah. And sever the tie. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to give you a bit of a statement and see, I just want you to react to this. Okay. Okay. All right. If you fire someone and they're surprised, Mm -hmm. whose fault is it? Mine. Why? Because no one should ever be fired without the chance to understand why. If they don't know that there's a problem, that is on management. If they are going through their day, day to day, thinking everything is hunky-dory and it's just fine, and they're going home every night and eating and sleeping just fine and coming back to work tomorrow and they don't know that you're not happy, that is a clear lack of communication and that falls on the person in charge, whether that's, again, the owner of the company, the manager, whatever it is. Yeah, and I hope y'all hear Jen on that because I'll raise my hand, okay? I don't like dealing with those situations. Right? I had to let three people go this week, three. Oh. Okay? I don't like 
dealing with those situations. But here's what happened in with one of them. The last one that I did, we had a meeting and I started the meeting with asking how she was doing. And then I said, well, unfortunately we're here because it's time for us to go our separate ways and we're going to be eliminating your position. And her response was, she smiled. She said, I totally understand because, and then she listed for me all of the reasons she was no longer the right fit for us. Hmm. And that's because we've been having conversations over the last three months about this, about this, about this, about that. And so when we got to this point, she knew. And that's how it should be. You know, if you work in a big organization and you have your annual, you know, review and, you know, your manager writes down, yep, shows up all the time. Yep. Doing a good job. Boom. Done. And for five years, you've had flawless, you know, perfect reviews. All of a sudden someone walks in and goes, we're eliminating your position. You're like, what? How? (laughs) Like you, you literally, like I have stellar performance according to my performance reviews. And yet you're telling me I'm out the door. That should never be the case. You should be working with your team. And if it's not you, the person that manages that person who reports to you or however big your organization is, there needs to be that open communication. There should never be that level of shock that someone is being let go. Yeah, completely agree with you. Okay, we're going to make a left turn now. Ready? We're going left. Okay. (laughs) And actually it's more of a U-turn and then we're going to go left. Okay. Because you use the word about 15 minutes ago that I wrote down and I said, I'm going to come back to this word. Okay. Okay. Because it's a word that, especially if you're a business owner who's been in business for a long time and you've never actually had a corporate job, you probably don't know this word. Mm. Okay. And at this point, I've got more gray hair than I like to admit. (laughs) And I've had to learn that I can't work all day long, yeah, right? Which we were talking about a little bit earlier. And I've got to build in time in my day to shut the brain off. Yeah. Didn't have to do that 10 years ago. Today I do, (laughs) right? True story. Um, Yeah, true story. (laughs) But the word that you used was, you might work a little bit more right now, but you know, in three weeks, you're going on vacation. (laughs) Yes. And in that vacation, you're going to shut off. Yeah. Okay. Let me be real. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Neither do I. (laughs) I'm getting better at it. But I still, when you're a business owner, you never really shut off, right? Even if you walk away and you take that week vacation and you get on an airplane, you get on a cruise ship, you go far away. And even if they take away your Wi-Fi, You can't lay down at night and not think of a new launch campaign. You can't, you know, sit at dinner and see something that inspires you to be like, oh, that's a great idea for this product. Or you don't ever really sever that tie and stop working. But the difference is when you shut off the business functionality, you've shut off the emails and Mm -hmm. the alarms and the various tasks you allow the creativity of the business to come in. And that's where you get to do the brainstorming. That's where when you're, you know, putting your makeup on in the morning or you're laying on that beach with a margarita in your hand, 
you start thinking about the fun things of your business. You start thinking about what campaign could I run? What launch could we do? What product could, you know, could we add as a service or solution? And that's when you start getting back to the fun of the business. And that's where the magic happens. But if you never give your brain the chance to turn off from the day-to-day function of your job, you never get to do the creativity of it. Okay, I totally agree. Let's talk to a couple of different types of business owners for a moment. Yeah. Okay. Because we have that business owner who's two to three years in. Yeah. And they're still like barely doggy paddling and it's just a lot. Yeah. And and they're trying to, they're trying, they're trying, they're trying, and they're trying. And we're sitting here talking about going on vacation and they're like, good luck. I'm trying to make sure there's food on the table. What are you talking about? Vacation. Yeah. So I want to talk to them. I want to talk to that person who's been around a little bit longer. They've got a bit of a team now, right? Yeah. And, you know, okay, maybe they could step away for a couple of days. And then that third person who, you know, they've really been around. They've got a team who does most of the work and they're more the face and, and that type of thing. But most of the actual work is being done. But they still have a lot because it's still a lot going on in the brain and stuff. Let's talk vacation to each one of those groups. So for that newer startup, you know, you're still, like you said, dog paddling. You're still grinding away. You're doing all the work yourself. You haven't quite hired that team yet and you can't possibly take any time off. Been there, done that. I get it. Like still do it (laughs) to an extent. I am the biggest proponent of calendar management. And I am the person Mm. that I'm like, literally, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. Mm. So I will calendar an afternoon off. I will calendar a weekend day off. I will put a big old block on, if you've got Calendly or team, you know, signups or people can jump on your calendar, block that off. That is your afternoon, your day, and you adhere to it. Now, obviously, catastrophic circumstances can pop up, but for the most part, one day a month, give yourself that one weekend day where you say, I'm not going to check my emails. I'm not going to work. I'm going to spend it with my family. I'm going to book off that one afternoon a month where I'm going to go get a massage. I'm going to go sit with my book in the backyard and read. I'm going to go to a yoga class, like whatever your happy place is, block off three hours, once a month, just enough that you start to give yourself that personal space. Yes. I also recommend doing this. And I learned this from my business coach, so I can't really take credit, but I've learned to do this. That like, if I travel, cause I speak as a speaker, I go to internationally various, y'all internationally. <laughs> but when I get home, there's what we call conference crash. And you've been traveling, you've been on, you you are go, 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 go. And you are peopling like there's nobody else (laughs) and there's travel. So you're in time zones and you're eating differently and you get home and you legit just can't function. So I calendar a crash day every time I travel. So Mm. when I get home, I don't have to do laundry. I don't have to worry about my kid. I will book a nanny. I will figure it out so that I have that day to recover because if I don't take my recovery day, my whole next week is a slog of trying to keep up. And that one recovery day is the success for the rest of the week, the rest of the month. Yeah. So, and that applies to, you know, at all echelons of those different types of business owners. I think for those that have been doing it a little bit longer and still probably can't take a whole week off, same thing, book a weekend, go away for a weekend, get an Airbnb, even if it's in your city and literally leave your house for a week. 
vacations are the best if you work from home <laughs> yes the staycation is the best exactly yeah, it's yes. not going to cost you an arm and a leg you can still go to your grocery store and get the food you need you can go do fun stuff but you've got to get out of your house and if you work from home you're always walking by this desk right every time you walk by the door you're like oh i should go do that oh that thing popped up oh but if you're not home, you're less likely to do that. And I always say I'm a better mom when I leave the house because <laughs> when I'm here, I just want to work. <laughs> right. If we go to the theme park for the afternoon, I'm the best mom. I'm super fun. Yes. Here at home, I'm like, <laughs> like it's just, don't bug me. I'm working. I'm writing another email. And she's like, you said five minutes. And I'm like, three hours later, I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> so You haven't learned to tell time yet, kid. It's right. <laughs> Time is relative. But mom, I'm 12. You still don't know how to tell time. <laughs> right? You don't know how to tell my time. <laughs> but that's the thing. I think it evolves. You know, when you're starting yes. out, it's booking that three hour afternoon. When you're five, six, seven years in, it's booking the weekend. When yeah. you've got to that 10 year, you know, you've got the whole team. You've got all these groups of people around you that allow you to have time off. Yes, you can book that week vacation. Vacation is a fluid term in the sense of what works for you, your family, your business, your schedule. It doesn't have to be that you literally shut everything off for 10 days. It could be three hours. That can be your little mini vacation once or twice a month. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to augment because I'm definitely not correcting and just tell you guys what we do. So number one, you've heard me talk about this book before with other guests, Profit First. And if you haven't read it, you need to read it. Um, Profit First is an absolute genius of a book. And don't you dare read it and put it in the comments. I can't implement this. I'm too upside down. Start anyway. So within Profit First, as the owners, we get a quarterly distribution of profit. And we go away once a quarter. There you go. And so... Next one, July, we'll be going to Cabo for a week. Nice. Your profit might be $100. So maybe it's treating yourself to a nice dinner out, right? It doesn't have to be a week-long destination vacation. That's your goal, to move to that stage. Yes. And when we started, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, when I started with Profit First, it was an ice cream cone. Right. <laughs> okay. We're now I made at five bucks this quarter. <laughs> Listen, we're now at, we can go to Cabo yeah. first class for a week, Yeah. right? But yeah. it wasn't, it was a freaking ice cream cone. Yeah. But yeah. guess what? That was my ice cream cone Yeah. and my moment. But yeah. yes, you do have to take those moments. Jen, I, I, I got to say, this has been a ton of fun so far, right? <laughs> but I need people to know who you are. I've hinted at the international <laughs> woman that you are running an international organization and speaking internationally by the way she also has i think it's 55 books she says it's only five <laughs> all jokes aside she's got five fantastic books but jen here's what i want you to do tell us who you are who you serve and what is jen trends <laughs> So primarily I am known for Instagram. I teach Instagram marketing. The books I've written are Instagram, either Instagram for dummies, Instagram for business for dummies. I speak on stages around the world teaching Instagram marketing. So I help primarily small businesses and marketers learn how to use Instagram to grow their business. I do work with enterprise clients and larger organizations and teams and do, you know, team training things as well. 
but I have a membership called Profit Your Profile, which is targeted towards that small business owner, the marketers, the people that maybe only have that small team of two or three people that want to grow their business. They want to get to the point where they're taking that profit and going to Cabo for a week at first class. And how can you use Instagram to get you there? So that that's what I do. I teach people how to use Instagram. I love it. I'm super passionate about it. And I just want people to be successful. I want you to have more money to take your kids to summer camp. I want you to send your kid to college. I want you to get to the point where you get to take your family on that dream vacation. I want to help those business owners get there and using Instagram to help them get there. And how can we find you? I am pretty much everywhere as Jen's Trends. That's J-E-N-N-S-T-R-E-N-D-S. Uh, jenstrends.com. Most social is jens, J-E-N-N-S underscore trends. That's where I am on, you know, Instagram and all the other social media platforms. I have my membership, Profit Your Profile. I have all the books. If you go to jenstrends.com forward slash books, you can grab all of those there. And I have a free Facebook group. If you go to Facebook and search Jen's Trends in social media, it is a great group. You can ask questions and get support around anything social media and Instagram related. I pop in when there's big Instagram news or those sorts of things. I pop everything in there so that you can get access to all of that news, information, resources. Um, and of course, I talk about the membership in there as well, which is, like I said, designed for those small business owners, those people growing their businesses to help you find success. We do live trainings every month. We do Zoom calls for office hours where you wow. can come and just ask me literally, like pick my brain. That's why we just hang out. I joked the other day, I'm like, we shoot the shit and find solutions. You know, it's great. It's just a great community to really get marketing and Instagram support. That's awesome. And I'll tell you guys, I started this episode by saying that we met during Katie Brinkley's Social Profit Lab Summit, right? My staff has taken her session at social profit lab and all raved about it you guys you gotta go do it okay this woman is brilliant ah oh, thank and you you got to hear that today thank you so much for being here thanks you. this was a so great conversation it was off my normal path of you know talking instagram so this was fun yes. to talk business and how to help others you know navigate some of these business challenges well thank you it's been a pleasure and for everyone listening Again, go to jenstrends.com, find her on Instagram, learn how you can grow your Instagram channel. But more importantly, as we've talked about today, listen to the relationships around you, right? Because you can go hire Jen and and try to say, hey, I want to go grow my Instagram and ignore all of the relationships around you and things continue to fall. Pay attention to how you're working and how it's affecting those around you. And if it is, it's time to make a change. Maybe it is time to hire that next person. Believe me, every time I've hired that next person, when I felt like I'm not sure we're going to be able to afford it, more work showed up. When it was the right person to hire, more work showed up, more than we needed to make it all work. Yeah. Because the relationships in your life, those are the most important things. And Jen hit that super early in our conversation. (laughs) So. Thank you all for being here. It's good to see you as always. See you soon. Bye-bye.